A toast to the booty. We'll dance to that. Or how else can you capture a boogie if you don't attack from the back? To the rear march. My name is the one. What's up, LA? Welcome to LA Courtside podcast brought to you by the basketball podcast network and i am your host la ray i'm a blogger sports blogger freelance writer who writes mostly about the lakers and the clippers on various websites and i'd like to welcome you today to episode number nine again of la courtside and i want to start off this first segment by uh leading off with the lakers and sort of like a weekend review but most of all i want to focus on uh, the Twitter posts that I see during these games as I'm watching the games in, on Twitter. Uh, really, really interesting to see some of the comments that comes through uh, Twitter posts. But earlier in the week, the Lakers, uh, they traveled to Philadelphia. They're on the East Coast trip. They lost to Philadelphia 107 to 106. No shame in losing to the Philadelphia 76ers. Very good team. Uh, in that particular game, LeBron James scored 34.6 rebounds, six assists. You know, a typical LeBron James game. He played very well. Anthony Davis, 23 points and eight rebounds. Played pretty well himself, along with uh, Dennis Schroeder, 16 points and four assists. In that particular game, though, KCP, who's been really, really hot from three-point land for most of the season, he only had three points. And, it, and also, the Lakers didn't get much from their bench in that particular game. And again, you're playing the Philadelphia 76. It's a very good team. Joel Embiid, 28 points. You know, he was balling, doing his thing, talking trash. Dude talks a lot of trash, man. I tell you, I just wish someone would just shut him up sometime. Great player, though. Won't take that away from him. Tobias Harris, 24 points, including a game winner. You know, you know what you're going to get out of Tobias Harris. You know, guy's just a very good ball player. You know, he got the game winner. And uh, 17 points from Ben Simmons and uh, another 14 points for Danny Green. So, you know, Philadelphia, you know, kudos to them. You know, they beat the defending champs. I don't expect much from Philadelphia in the playoffs, though. I don't expect them to make it to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, probably. But, you know, they can rise up and they'll beat you. You know, they beat the defending champs. Kudos to them. Um, uh, and Twitter, though. You know, the, the fans on uh, the Laker fans, they're they're on Twitter. And I tell you, man, when the Lakers are winning, you know, they you know, they they're praising them. They you know, everybody's in the Hall of Fame. You know, they're kings, not only LeBron James, the rest of the rest of the team. Everybody's a king when they're winning. But boy, oh, boy, when they lose, it really tickles me boy, to, to, to read some of those Twitter posts that come through. So it wasn't the game against the Philadelphia uh, 76ers that I want to focus on when talking about the Twitter posts, uh, is really the next game, the second game of a back-to-back against the Detroit Pistons, whom they lost to 107-92. to Now, most of you know by now, I'm originally from Detroit, um, even though I'm an L.A. sports fan. So uh, before this particular game started, I was telling my buddies in Detroit, there's no way the Pistons are going to beat the Lakers, even with Anthony Davis out, which Anthony Davis was out in this game. Just no way. The Pistons are the second worst team in the East. There's no way they're going to beat the Lakers. So when they lost, of course, I had to hear a bunch of ribbing from my buddies in Detroit, which is fine. Fine. Glad I ain't put no money on the game. I lost a few bucks, but um, took some ribbing from those guys, which is okay. But 
in this particular game, the Lakers seemed like they had sea legs, man. They, you know, second game of a back-to-back, they just didn't have it, man. In, in the fourth quarter, Detroit was just killing them. You know, as far as uh, production, um, LeBron James, 22 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. You know, pretty good game from LeBron. Um, 12 of those points, though, he scored in the first quarter. He was hitting, he hit like three threes. You know, I'm thinking, man, they're about to run away with the Pistons. Or run away from the Pistons. Uh, Kuzma, however, scored 22 points, 10 rebounds. Now, he played pretty well in place of um, AD. Uh, one of the reasons why is, uh, you know, his mom was at the game. His mom and some other family members. Kuzma is originally from uh, Flint, Michigan, which is only 50 miles uh, from Detroit, north of Detroit. So, you know, he had some incentive. He was pumped up for that game, you know, in front of his mom and uh, some of his other family members. And Kuzma had a very good game. And that's what, you know, we come to expect. You know, if you're going to replace AD, you have to have that kind of output. And he did. 22 points, 10 rebounds. Not bad at all. Um, THT played pretty well. Still don't know why he's in and out of the lineup so inconsistently. Um, wish uh, Frank Vogel would kind of uh, harp on that or, or touch on that as to why he gets so much inconsistent playing time. But anyway, he scored 13 points. He may have been the only one that didn't look like he had uh, – sea legs in that particular game as far as the pistons go uh blake griffin of the pistons of course formerly of the clippers he scored 23 points now blake griffin was pumped up for this ball game you know you don't get the same blake griffin that you know he used to get back when he was with the clippers you know he's not jumping over kia vehicles you know he's not dunking hard over kendrick perkins i don't know if you guys remember that dunk over uh, Kendrick Perkins of ESPN. I know I know Perk remembers that dunk. That's not the Blake Griffin that plays for the Pistons right now. However, you know, when Blake gets up for a game, you know, against a certain team or against a certain player, you're going to get the best out of Blake Griffin. In this particular game, you know, the Lakers um, and LeBron James. So Blake Griffin, man, he was hyped for this game. 23 points, he was balling. You know, he had a couple of threes. You know, Blake Griffin can shoot the three. You know, back in the Clippers days, he didn't shoot that many three-point shots. You leave Blake open, he can hit that three. So he played pretty well. Wayne Ellington of the Detroit Pistons, also an ex-Laker, he scored 20 points. Man, this dude is a three-point assassin, man. You know, he had six of nine three-pointers in that particular game. You know, if you back up off of him, if your defense is backing up and, you know, into the paint, you know, worried about Blake Griffin, Wayne Ellington is going to kill you from out there. And if you um, go underneath those screens, he can catch and shoot the three. You know, he can spot up and shoot the three. You know, hey, man, that, that kid can ball, man, when it comes to the three-point shooting. And then lastly, uh, Derrick Rose scored 14 points off the bench. Derrick Rose is a guy, you know, when I talk to my Clipperholics buddies at uh, Clipperholics.com, whom I, you know, occasionally write articles for the Clippers, um, I'm advocating for Derrick Rose to be traded to the Clippers. And uh, he can help that team out. I get shot down a lot, which is fine. Everybody has their opinion. But I think Derrick Rose will really help out uh, not only the Clippers, but any other team. You know, he's just wallowing, wallowing in obscurity with the, with the Pistons. He's in the final year of his contract, man. He can help somebody out. He scored 14 points as well. So, again, the Lakers seem to have, you know, they didn't have their legs in those back-to-back, that back-to-back uh, game or second game against the Pistons. And then maybe they were looking forward to Boston, the game uh, – 
that was played on Saturday. But what I want to touch on real quick, again, it's kind of funny. The Lakers fans that be on Twitter, this is probably in every sports market. I'm not just picking on the Lakers fans who be on Twitter. You know, it is what it is. You know, Twitter is an outlet or a platform where fans get to come on there and, and, and share their thoughts, you know, what they really feel, you know, about the team. So, you know, all throughout that Pistons game, oh, man, you know, against, like I said, against Philadelphia, you know, there's, everybody was ready to go to the Hall of Fame against the Pistons, man. Now they're ready to trade everybody. You know, Dennis Schroeder, he's garbage. You know, the Lakers, I can't believe they're losing to the Pistons. Oh, my God. It's, it's all over, man. Trade everybody on the team. The coach sucks. The general manager sucks. You know, LeBron James, he's not doing enough. They should easily beat the Pistons without, uh, even without AD. Let me tell you something, man. The Pistons may not be very good, but they're still a professional basketball team. And if you don't come with your A game on against any team, you can be beat. You know, Lakers, you can't just you roll the ball out and just expect to win. You know, that's why they play the game. So, again, those Twitter uh, posts, uh, they, they were all negative, man. It was, I was just dying laughing. But let me say this. I um I follow a uh, a woman on Twitter by the name of Vivian, and she is a diehard Lakers fan, man. She knows her basketball big time, big time. And she doesn't get bent out of shape after every Lakers loss. She's a uh, writer and uh, a Twitter uh, poster for uh, Lakers fanatics or Laker fanatics. And uh, they can be followed at Laker fanatics on Twitter. Or you can visit their website, www.lakerfanatics.net. And Vivian, she seems like she's the type that she reels the fans back in, man. You know, girl knows her stuff. So during that Pistons game, or right after the game, you know, she wanted she wrote a tweet that I just want to read uh, on the show here. And this is for the L.A. fans, really. This is after the Pistons game. And here's her tweet. She says, as much as tonight's performance was bad, I am not going to ponder on it. We had losses just like this last season, but still got the job done in the end. The talent is all there. They just didn't play with it tonight. When they play with it, you know, we see what happens. It's all good. We move on. Pretty much. That's it. She is absolutely right. She doesn't get out, bent out of shape because of a loss, even if it's a loss to the Pistons. You know, we're not we're not getting ready to to uh, ship Schroeder off someplace else or Kuzma or KCP or whomever. No, it's just a loss. It's just a loss, man. Even to the Detroit Pistons. So she 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 knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. You can follow Vivian, by the way, at butterfly underscore four twenty four on Twitter. You know, do yourself a favor and follow her at butterfly underscore four twenty four on Twitter. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Girl knows what she's talking about, man. So, again, so what happens after that? What happens after that? They come back, and then they beat the Celtics in a much-anticipated game on Saturday night, 96-95. You know? Hey, it's what the Lakers do, man. You know, they got their legs back. They were led by uh, Anthony Davis. He came back, 27 points, 14 rebounds. LeBron James, 21 points. Harold had 16 off the bench. And Dennis Schroeder, you know, he didn't have a, a great offensive game by any means. But what did he do? He locked down defense. He had locked down defense on Kimball Walker. That's another thing that Vivian pointed out. 
uh, Schroeder didn't have a good game, but Kimball Walker only scored, I believe, three points. And he missed that last shot that would have given Boston a victory with, uh, you know, Schroeder closing, closing out on him on that outside shot. So, hey, Lakers fans, you know, reel it in. Pump the brakes. I'm still going to be on Twitter, you know, Twitter live when these games are going on. And um, it's just, it's just, you know, it's funny to, uh, to read those Twitter posts sometimes. But I get it. Fans are on Twitter. You know, they want to – it's a, it's a uh, vehicle for them to uh, communicate how they feel about the game, why it's going on. So, uh, you know, no big deal. No big deal. So the Lakers, you know, again, good victory over Boston. Um, seem to have their legs back. And, um, you know, looking forward to good things from the Lakers from, uh, from here on out. My next segment. Uh-oh, I think I hear that music. I think I hear that music. My next segment is to go around the NBA. Around the NBA segment. Now, every time I hear that song, the NBA on NBC, I always mention that the music reminds me of the old school. But you know, L.A. Ray, I'm old school. You know, reminds me of the Bulls, you know, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Pistons. Back in those days, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, those New York Knicks teams with Patrick Ewing, Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons. Every time I hear that song, it reminds me of those days in the late 80s and into the 90s. But I never mention the Utah Jazz. And shame on me for that. The Utah Jazz back in those day, days had great teams in the 90s, led, of course, by Malone and Stockton, two Hall of Famers. Those Utah Jazz teams were really, really good teams. And they made it to the NBA Championship Series in, I believe it was like 1997, 1998, losing to uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, both four games to two in those both of those years. No shame in that. You know, they were the victim of the Bulls' uh, second three-peat of the 90s. So the Utah Jazz, you know, never gave them a whole lot of credit. And again, shame on me for that. They had some very, very good teams. Um, fast forward about, what, 22 years, 23 years to uh, 2021. And what do we have here? We have the Utah Jazz sitting on top of the Western Conference with an 11-game winning streak at 15-4. and four. They have a game this afternoon against uh, the Denver Nuggets, but as of right now, they are at 15-4. and four. They are over the L.A. Clippers and over the L.A. Lakers. And in the Western Conference, most folks, all we've talked about, you know, especially on my show, you know, I'm an L.A. guy, either the Clippers or the Lakers going to the Western Conference Finals. One of those two teams. Talk a little bit about the Nuggets who um, ousted the Clippers in the uh, second round of the bubble playoffs last year. And, you know, they would have a chance with uh, Murray and the Joker. Uh, the Portland Trail Blazers with uh, Damie Dane and McCullum. Talk a little bit about them possibly making a little bit of noise. But for the most part, it was the Lakers and the Clippers. But didn't mention too much about the Jazz. So now it's about that time. Utah Jazz, 15-4. and four. So I want to do a little analysis on, the, uh, on the, those Utah Jazz players that they have going this year with that 11-game winning streak. 
Of course, that team is led by Donovan Mitchell. He's averaging about 23.4 points per game, four rebounds, four assists. He's a legitimate superstar in this league. And if you've listened to most of my podcasts, you know I always pick on Luke Kennard. Got to have somebody to pick on, right, on both of these teams, L.A. Clippers and the Lakers. Luke Kennard is the guy for the Clippers. And the Detroit Pistons, they passed over Donovan Mitchell in uh, the draft that Donovan Mitchell came out along with Luke Kennard, and they chose Kennard over Donovan Mitchell. So that's one of the reasons why I always pick on Luke. But Donovan Mitchell is a legitimate superstar. As I mentioned, 23.4 points per game, four rebounds, four assists. Dude is a highlight reel. You know, he can jump out the gym. He fills the lane on the break. You know, he can shoot from the outside. Not the greatest outside shooter, but he can shoot the pill a little bit. But his biggest attribute is driving to the lane. He draws fouls. He's just, he's a highlight reel. You know, he's a, he's an all-star. He's a, he's a, he's a superstar pretty much in my opinion. But they have more than just uh, Donovan Mitchell. This team is really, really good. Jordan Clarkson. Everybody remembers him. Jordan Clarkson drafted by the Lakers back in 2014. This kid is the leading sixth man of the year so far in this 2020-2021 season. He's averaging 17.9 points per game coming off the bench. Now, this guy, Clarkson, he's always been able to score. Even though he was drafted by the Lakers back in 2014, he averaged around 11, 11 or 12 points per game. And, you know, he got traded from the Lakers. Uh, he bounced around a little bit, played with uh, Toronto a little bit, played with Cleveland. But now he's with Utah. And he's averaged about 15 points for his career. So he's always been able to score. But this year, he's really, really showing off. And again, he's the early leader for the sixth man of the year. And this guy, you know, he's just, a, I call him bucket makers. You know, he drives to the basket. He can shoot from the outside. You know, not the greatest defender in the world. But he's going to get you some baskets. And, again, that sixth man of the year, so far he is a leading candidate. Coming off the bench just scoring for the Utah Jazz. Mike Conley, another player on their team, averaging 16.8 points per game, six assists. And you know what? With Mike Conley, you know, it doesn't seem like he's even been in the league. He's been in the league for 14 years. Kind of don't seem like that for him for some reason. But, you know, he's a veteran. And he might be playing the best year of his career with the Utah Jazz. Now, of course, he was drafted by Memphis. You know, he played a bunch of years with uh, Mark Gasol, who's currently on the Lakers squad. And, but Mark Gasol, is a, is a, he's a different player than, say, Rudy Gobert is. You know, Mike Conley, he's playing that pick and roll very, very well with Utah, with uh, Rudy Gobert, as opposed to, say, Mark Gasol. Rudy Gobert is just a, and I'll, I'll speak on him in a second, you know, he's he's he feels that lane, man, feels that paint up, man. It seems like the pick and roll is a whole lot easier with uh, Rudy Gobert than it may have been with Mark Gasol. But Mark Mike Conley, you know, he's he runs that team, man. He's the engine. You know, he's playing very, very well for this for this Utah squad. And another player for Utah, Bojan Bogdanovich, Croatia. Seems like Utah always gets these guys from overseas, man. They, you know, Croatia, France, Australia. They always get these type of players. Bojan, he's shooting like 38.9% from three-piece land. I call this dude the Croatian assassin. 
I mean, he's playing out of his mind right now, man. This dude can flat out shoot the tray. If you leave him open, he's going to knock it down. And that's the kind of team that Utah has. You know, you leave those guys open for three, they're going to hit the three, man. They're going to, you know, they're going to they're going to make you pay. They're going to make you pay. Rudy Gobert, as I mentioned, 13.6 points per game, a whopping 14 rebounds. Rudy Gobert straight from the French Riviera from France. And again, as I mentioned, he's very, very good at that pick and roll with uh, Mike Conley. You know, that Rudy Gobert is so big. He seems like he's so big when he's in that paint. You know, he's seven foot, whatever he is, seven foot, seven foot one. Just a huge dude, man. He also averages about 2.7 blocks per game. He's not Mark Eaton or anything like that, but, you know, he's very, very effective on the defensive end. You know, he just looks like a just like a gigantic dude down there, man. He is playing some very, very good basketball. And again, that pick and roll that he has with uh, Mike Conley and also the pick and roll that he has with this next guy that I'm getting ready to mention, and that's Jared Ingles. Another dude from overseas, way overseas, down under, from Australia, the Australian assassin. He's shooting 39% from three-piece land. He's a 39% three-point shooter for his career. And for Utah, as far as records and things like that, he's approaching John Stockton's record for career three-pointers. And, um, you know, of course, John Stockton, you know, Hall of Famer. Nothing to sneeze at, man. You can compare, you know, be compared to somebody like John Stockton. But Jared Ingles, left-hander, he's another guy, man. You leave that dude open, his lights out. And then the Jazz, you know, they play a they play a pretty simple game. You know, if you if you look closely at some of their games, you know, if you if you close out on the three-point shooters, you know, your Ingles, your um Bogdanovich. You know, even Mike Conley can shoot the three. Clarkston, Mitchell can shoot a three, you know, every now and then. Again, he's not the greatest shooter, but you leave him open, he can hit that three. But if you close out on those three-point shooters, you know, they'll dump it down to go bare. Or they'll have the defense on their heels, and they'll pass around the perimeter, and then they'll get Mitchell one-on-one with his defender. And if Mitchell is going one-on-one against whomever, it's pretty much going to be lights out, man. Mitchell's going to take you to the basket. He may He may pull up for a jumper. He may dunk it on you. You know, he's a he's a one-on-one player, man, so he, he's going to hurt you. But if you back off those threes, you know, thinking that Mitchell's going to kill you one-on-one, so you back off the threes, you try to clog the lane a little bit, Utah is just going to kill you with the three-point shooting. And that's what's happening with this team, man. It's a really, really simple game that they play, and it's very, very effective. And it has resulted in, in you know, in an 11-game winning streak, 15-4. and four. Number one in the West. I did a little poll on um, on my Twitter account. You can find me on uh, Twitter at LA Race Sports. And the question was, will Utah, will the Utah Jazz represent the Western Conference in the finals over both the Lakers and the Clippers? Since again, most of the talk this year was one of those two LA teams will make it to the finals. The poll is still going, but so far, 66% of the people that have responded said, yes, Utah has a shot to represent the Western Conference in the playoffs. And just by looking at this team, man, you know, if they continue to play like they are, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Again, 
You know me, hey, I'm L.A. Ray, baby. I want to see either the Clippers or the Lakers. One of the two. One of our two L.A. teams in the finals. But they're going to have to get past this Utah team. You know, the Clippers, they played Utah already on uh, New Year's Day. I don't know if you all remember that game. They beat the Clippers 106-100 to when Mike Conley exploded for 32 points in that particular game. They couldn't handle Conley in that particular game. Uh, of course, they play again. They don't play the Lakers until late February, which is kind of strange. They play the Clippers two more times in the month of February. So they're going to have some games coming up against the Clips, Clips and the Lakers, and we'll see how they fare. But I tell you what, um, the Clippers and the Lakers, they better come with their game. They better come with their A game if they expect to beat these guys, man. You know, especially if they get hot. You know, again, Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, man. The dude's averaging almost 18 points a game. Jordan Clarkson just balling, just balling out. Mike Conley seems like he's having a lot of fun out there in Utah, out there in Salt Lake City, averaging 16.8, just running the show, you know. And then you got your, your overseas connection, Bogdanovich from Croatia, you know, shooting the tray. Rudy Gobert just clogging the lane, man. 14 rebounds a game. You know, just he's down there like the, almost like the Statue of Liberty down there in that paint, man. When you're coming down that lane, you know, he's standing in your way. You know, you better have some hops on you, man. Or, you know, he may block your shot very easily. And then again, lastly, Jared Ingles is playing uh, well himself, shooting almost 40% from three-piece land. So Utah Jazz, you know, let's throw them in the mix. You know, I'm not even speaking anymore too much more about Denver. You know, Denver's not playing all that well. They're, you know, they're 11 and 8. They're going to make the playoffs. But, you know, they don't look like world beaters. You know, they look about the same as the San Antonio Spurs, who's playing pretty well. They have the fourth best record in the West at 11 and 8. And the Portland Trailblazers, 9 and 8. You know, they're okay. CJ McCullum is out for about four weeks with a hairline fracture in his foot. So that's really going to hamper the uh, Trailblazers during the time that he's out. Golden State Warriors at 10 and 9, um, you know, they look okay. You know, I don't expect for them to make too much noise. Remember when they beat the Lakers last week when a lot of the Lakers fans were were uh, just out of control on Twitter. They was ready to trade everybody when the Golden State Warriors beat the Lakers. Uh, the rest of the West, uh, Houston Rockets, everyone wants to lead the city of Houston for some reason. Except for my daughter, she lives in Houston. I like Houston because my daughter lives there. <laughs> Other than that, you got the Houston Rockets, the you know, everyone wants to leave there. The Astros, the Texans, everybody wants to leave Houston. And then the rest of the West, you got OKC, you know, pretty pedestrian at eight and ten. Sacramento Kings, eight and ten. Like watching uh Fox play though. Uh Dallas Mavericks with uh Luca over there, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. You know, they're okay. Ingram and uh, Zion, of course. And then the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, picking up the rear in the West. So Utah, Yo, let's Jay. see. Let's see what they got, baby. Lakers, Clippers, better come with your A game. Because this is a team to be reckoned with. All right, L.A. basketball fans, my last segment will be on the L.A. Clippers. 
I have just completed watching the Clippers dismantle the New York Knicks 129 and 115. Knicks played pretty well for three quarters, but Clippers pulled away in the end. Um, very, very good basketball game for the Clippers. Uh, but before I get to that game, let's go back a few days to earlier in the week where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were out with what the NBA calls health and safety protocols, which, of course, is a fancy way of saying COVID-19 precautions. And aren't you aren't you all just tired of COVID-19, man? Every time you turn on the news, you know, I watch a lot of CNN and, you know, you see all these statistics. Statistics, you know, all these people getting hospitalized, all these people, you know, passing away. It's really, really sad. It's just we're just waiting, just hoping for this thing to end. Just COVID go away. Just go away, please. But anyway, I digress. 129-115 victory uh today over the New York Knicks. But again, going back a few days, uh Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they were out. Uh, with the health and safety protocols per the NBA. And, you know, I'm thinking now, okay, the Clippers, you know, your your backups, you're going to have to step up. It wasn't known at that time how long these guys were going to be out. Turns out they only missed uh, a couple of games, two or three games, but uh, didn't know it back at that time how many they were going to miss. I wrote a little piece, an opinion piece on uh, Clipperholics.com. Again, you can uh, go on clipperholics.com and find some very good writing on the LA Clippers. Uh, this is an opinion piece that I wrote about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being out. And I was basically saying that the um, this is a chance for the backups to really, really step up and gain a lot of confidence. Now, that first game that uh, George and Leonard were out, they played the Atlanta Hawks. And they lost that game 108-99 to without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, but the, you know, the, the backups played, you know, pretty well. You had, um, Trey Young really just killed him with 38 points. You know, he just blistered the, uh, Clippers with 38 points, but Reggie Jackson, you know, in that game, he had 20 points. Ibaka had 15, Zubac 13, Terrence Mann, who also started had 10, Luke Kennard had 13. So they played okay. They played okay in that particular game. The second game, though, is the one that really surprised me. I did not think that they would beat the Miami Heat, but they did, 109-105. And in that game, uh, Nicholas Batum had 18 points, Reggie Jackson 16, Terrence Mann 12, Lou Williams uh, finally caught fire. He scored 17 points, and Marcus Morris came off the bench and scored 16. So at that point, I'm thinking, wow, this team has got some confidence now. The backups I'm talking about, they really have some uh, confidence, and once – Kawhi and Paul George get back, you know, who knows where this team is going to go at that point. And what happens? Paul and uh, Kawhi, they came back in the third game of this Eastern Conference trip against Orlando Magic. And of course, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard did their thing. Uh, Leonard scored 24 points in that game. Paul George scored 26 points in that game and they beat Orlando 116 and 90. So now you have a team, you know, they got their stars back and you've got some backups now that have loads and loads of confidence. And I tell you what, Reggie Jackson is playing very well. Um, on the uh, Twitter posts, a lot of the Clipper fans were asking, you know, is this an opportunity for Reggie Jackson to get more playing time now? My answer to that would be yes. 
he's playing to me very, very well right now. You know, I don't know if those where those minutes are going to come from. You know, are they going to come from, you know, Luke Kennard's minutes? You know, Luke Kennard's been rather inconsistent this year. Um, I don't know, but Reggie Jackson is playing pretty well. And one thing about him, he's not turning the ball over. You know, throughout his career, you know, he wasn't like a turnover machine per se, but he did turn the ball a lot over when he was with Detroit. But when he's out there now, he's not turning the ball over, and he's shooting the ball pretty well. You know, leave him open. He can shoot the three-piece all day long, too. You know, he drives to the basket. Sometimes he drives to the basket with a little reckless abandon. He kind of, like, doesn't know exactly what he wants to do when he gets up in the air. But for the most part, Reggie Jackson is playing really, really well. So, to me, he kind of deserves some more um, some more minutes. But the bottom line is this team with uh, their two stars are back. Uh, they still don't have Patrick Beverly, uh, by the way, who's still nursing, I believe, has an ankle injury. So he's not back in the lineup yet. But the two stars are back. You have a, a bench that has gained some confidence. And this team is going to continue to roll, man. They're just going to continue to roll. You know, this game today against the uh, the New York Knicks, the 129 and 115 victory, you got a guy like Patrick Patterson, man. He doesn't start. He doesn't get a whole lot of minutes all the time. They put him in there. He scored 13 points, 5 of 5 from the field, 3 of 3, three-pointers, 13 points, man. Guy's getting it done. Kawhi Leonard again, 28 points, 8 out of 15 from the field, 11 out of 11 from the free throw line, too. You saw him practicing his free throws before the game. I don't know if he was kind of concerned about him or not, but it's a good thing he did. He was 11-11 from the free throw line. Uh, Paul George, 17 points, 7 out of 16 from the floor. He was only 1 of 8 from 3, and that's okay. You know, Ty Lue gives these guys the you know green light to jack them up, man. Paul George, good shooter. Just didn't have it today, but he still scored 17 points. He had uh, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal. You know, he still played well. Again, Reggie Jackson, 6 out of 12. Three out of six from three-piece land. He scored 18 points. He is playing well right now. And then Serge Ibaka scored another 15 points. So, you know, they're getting some contributions from a lot of people on this team. And I tell you, man, the Clippers, you know, they're just, they're just rolling. Uh, Patterson, by the way, started ahead of um, a Batum, who has a growing contusion. And man, that sounds like that hurts, man. A growing contusion. Oof. That sounds like that really hurts. But um, he was out today. Peterson came in. I'm sorry, Patterson came in, played pretty well. The New York Knicks, um, never think much about the New York Knicks, man. It'd be kind of sorry almost every year, to be honest with you. Julius Randle, the Julius Randle sighting, man. This guy was balling. I mean, this guy was balling, man. He's always been okay. You know, just, just he's okay coming out of Kentucky. But... You know, he's averaging like 21, 22 points a game this year. Um, he was 9 out of 18 from the field, 4 or 5 from three-piece land, scored 27 points, had 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Dude was balling, man. And uh, R.J. Barrett, of course, 9 out of 14. He had 23 points uh, for the New York Knicks. Uh, and an uh, impressive guy for the Knicks also, Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky. He scored 25 points. This kid's pretty good, man. 9 out of 16 from the field. And uh, he scored 25 points. But the Knicks just didn't have enough uh, firepower for the Clippers. You know, the Clippers are one of the better catch-and-shoot 
te- probably the best catch and shoot team in the league, man. You know, they come around those picks and those curls and all of that. As soon as they get the ball in their hands, you know, they're jacking it up. You know, as soon as they get it, Leonard, George, you know, Reggie Jackson, they firing it up, man. Lou Williams, it doesn't take them long to shoot the ball. They don't keep it in their hands too long. And again, that's a testament to Ty Lou and the offense that he runs as opposed to the Doc Rivers type of offenses that he ran when he was a coach of the Clippers. He was more of an ISO guy. He's an old school guy, Eastern Conference guy. You know, Ty Lue, he opens it up a little bit more. So the Clippers, again, playing pretty well. 16-5. and five. They got a game coming up on Tuesday against the Brooklyn Nets. Going to be all over that game. Uh, you, you know me, L.A. Ray. Uh, Brooklyn, you know, I like they got talent, of course. They got, you know, three superstars and all that. You guys know me. I'm not a James Harden guy. Don't like the guy. I don't like the beard. The beard. Don't like the beard, man. Kyrie, you know, guys, uh, he's a space cadet sometimes, man. The earth is the earth is flat. Remember the dude said that? And uh, Kevin Durant, I like, though. So that should be a really good game on Tuesday against the Clippers. And um, that game will be analyzed uh, really, really closely by myself. So... With that, L.A. basketball fans, I will end this podcast with that. And I'd like to give a shout-out before I let you go to uh, the Basketball Podcast Network and uh, my producers, Isha, Jerome, and Dylan Kaiser. I'd also like to give a shout-out to the Laker Fanatics and specifically Vivian of the Laker Fanatics. Again, you can follow Vivian at Butterfly underscore 424 on Twitter. Do yourself a favor, folks. Follow Vivian. She knows a whole lot about this game. And the songs you heard today, I always end letting you know that you guys know what songs I played today. I'm an old school guy, old school music. That intro song was called Theme from the Black Hole by Parliament Funkadelic. I played uh, two or three Parliament Funkadelic songs since I've been doing these podcasts. Parliament Funkadelic, of course, was led by the great George Clinton. George Clinton, from originally from New Jersey, uh, but brought all his talents to where else? Detroit. And uh, Parliament Funkadelics, they were before their time, man. That electro, electro music, or whatever they call it, where they had a big uh, electro music festival in Detroit, that's the kind of music that he was doing back then. Theme from the Black Hole by Parliament Funkadelic. And that last song you heard was by Run DMC, my all-time favorite group coming up back in the day. That song was called You Be Illin'. Run DMC, You Be Illin'. I remember back in the day, I brought a brand new, brand spanking new black Camaro. And I had personally, you know how you get those personalized license plates put on the back? The first one I got, it had simply the letters. This is a you know state of Michigan license plate. R-U-N space D-M-C. Couldn't tell me nothing, man. I was a young guy driving a brand new Camaro with that license plate on the back. R-U-N D-M-C. And then when that license plate expired, Run D-M-C was still going strong. My next personalized license plate was the letter U, the letter B, the letter I, the letter L, the letter I and the letter N. That's the song that you just heard. You be illin. I had that personalized license plate on that black Camaro. Well, you couldn't tell me nothing. Couldn't tell me nothing back in the day. 
So, LA sports fans, thank you for listening to episode number nine. Looking forward to doing episode number 10. And with that, again, thank you very much. And until the next episode, peace.